always, it's so good to be with you, and I hope that things are going well for you. Well, a little bit of information about the way we rotate the readings and the Gospels. The Gospels rotate on a three-year basis. Every three years, we go through them again, and we'll do that until Jesus returns, actually. Uh, we have what's called a year A, a year B, and a year C, and they, and they follow, basically, each one emphasizes a Gospel. We're in year B right now, which is Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and that's what we'll, you hear, you'll hear a whole lot of that uh, over the next several months. But here's something, every time we come around to year B, now this is just me, I guess I've gotten used to it enough now, I find some of the readings to be particularly challenging. Uh, like the last, last few weeks, uh, uh, over and over again, we hear of Jesus' encounter with demons, don't we? I mean, the daily readings, the Sunday readings, and then today, the ultimate encounter with Satan himself. Um, there's a lot of misconception out there today about demons. Demons get a lot more uh, credit than, than they really should receive. And uh, I think that's why the church, church's position on demons is not one of fear, but it is of prudence, the virtue of prudence, meaning to act wisely. And so what I want us to do this morning is to look at the church's position on demons and then how that we can act wisely as we deal with them in our lives. First thing is, what are demons? Well. Right out of the chute, we got problems. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little, it's little complicated, I guess you might call that, because we use that word for a lot of connotations today. Like uh, one is, uh, demons today can mean one's personal challenges. You ever heard of somebody saying, I've got to face my demons? Well, sure you have. But what do they mean by that? Well, I'm facing my challenges. You know, I'm facing my shortcomings, things like that. That's one use for it. Uh, another one is that demons can be understood to mean a mental illness. That's, a, that's sort of a popular one. Uh, this is derived from the notion that uh, people didn't understand mental illness back then. So they had, to, they had to blame it on something. And so what they did was it was blamed, as we read the scriptures, well, if it was a demon, it was mental illness. Well, I'll challenge you on that one. Uh, if you read, if you read in Matthew's gospel, all of them talk about the demons. Uh, what you find is that Matthew distinguishes between those with a mental illness and those with demon as a spiritual being. They are different, and I think that's very true. Now, here's what happened. I don't know, 40, 50 years ago, uh, as we came into our own about mental illness, we said, well, that's that's what, whenever they said demon, that's what it means. And so today when we think of demons, we don't think of spiritual beings, but uh, it's actually a combination of both. We, we like to compartmentalize everything. So they well, you know, this is why, that's why, but it doesn't work that way. And then the third group is called demons, which we're going to talk about today, which is spiritual beings. The word Damien, it's the Greek word, it literally means spirit. That's where the word comes from. And uh, literally, spiritual beings. Now, we know that. I mean, Jesus did all kinds of healing. 
physical healing, mental healing, you know, all of those kinds of things. But there was a category. I mean, if you looked at it, of spiritual beings called demons. Uh, this is interesting. If you read some of the story, Jesus knew who they were. They knew who Jesus was. They were afraid of Jesus because he was powerful. And whatever Jesus told them to do, they did. Isn't that interesting? Uh, guess who's in charge? Well, it's not the demons, is it? It's Jesus. So let's take a, take a few moments to examine this more. It's very important in our lives. Uh, what do we know about them? Well, mainly the most important thing is that they're spiritual beings. You're a human being, aren't you? Not a spiritual being, meaning that you're part spiritual and you're also part physical. You have a body, don't you? That makes you a human being. But an angel is a spiritual being, has no body. There is no body to it. Um, Demons are immortal. They live forever. There is no dying of the spirit of, the, of a demon. Uh, they're extremely knowledgeable. This is one of the, one of the big things about demons that um, is really important. They're knowledgeable, and they possess the ability to choose. There's only two in the, in the scheme of life. There's only two creations that have the ability to choose through reason. You know who, what they, who they are? Well, you're one of them, human beings, and the other one is angels. Angels, aren't they? Um, so you gotta remember that. Another thing is that God created them. God created demons, didn't he? Now, he didn't create them right out of the bat and say, I'm creating demons and angels. He created angels. And then, and then angels, after a while, some of them decided, hey, I want to glorify myself rather than God. That's what I'm going to do. And so they became fallen. So a fallen angel is what we call a demon. I mean, even the greatest of all, Lucifer, we call him Satan, he was created as the most beautiful angel there is, the morning star. That's what he was called, you know. Uh, but he fell. He fell. You know anybody else that has fallen? You? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, the destiny of demons, uh, fallen angels. It is called the eternal lake of fire. If you read in the last chapters of Revelation, it talks about it clearly and specifically that God has prepared this place for them and they're thrown into it where they will be there all the rest of eternity. But now they can roam. They roam the earth is what they do, and they tempt us. That's what they do. Tempt us to do what? To worship them, to worship ourselves, worship anything but God. God is, the, you know, is to destroy God. And how do they tempt us? Well, look at, this, look at the reading today. I mean, if you look at some of the expanded versions of it, there's three things. There's three, what you might call, three weaknesses that we have. And so what do you do if you want to tempt somebody? You tempt them with the weakest points, don't you? Well, what, what are they? See if you agree with this, the weakest point. Power, money, and lust for the flesh. 
Those are the three. Those are the three. Those are our weakest links, our weakest uh, points, so to speak. And so if you want to tempt us, that's, the word, that's where you go to tempt us. Would you agree with that? Uh, another thing about uh, demons is they're like angels in the sense that there's a hierarchy that's associated with them. Um, you know, we have, it's like a government. They call it a government. It's like you have a mayor and you got the president. You know, it goes all the way up. There's a hierarchy. And it's the same way with demons, and it's also the same way uh, with angels as well. It's the same kind of deal. And at the top of the pyramid is who? Well, that would be Satan or Lucifer, as you might call him. Um, uh, that's why it's only, as you think about a, a hierarchy and a change, it's only natural then that if you're going to send some, a demon to tempt Jesus, which one are you going to send? Well, you're going to send your best, aren't you? You're not going to send one of the lower ones. You're going to send your best. So that's why we always see um, Satan associated with that. You never read in the scriptures, though, that Satan tempted a common person. It's not in there, is it? Other demons do that, though. See, there is a hierarchy that we have to be reminded of. That pattern is clear in the Bible, very clear in the Bible. Um, the other thing is if they are invited in. You know, if you choose to let them in, if you entertain and choose to let them in, they'll come in. And they're fully capable of possessing a person and controlling that person. All this is in the scriptures. All this is in the teaching of the church. We need to be mindful of this, not afraid, but mindful, be wise about it. Well, that's a few things. I mean, what can you say about a subject like that in a couple minutes? But uh, I'll try. The, the next question, the big question, how do we deal with them? You deal with them. Do you know that? You deal with them. They're out there today. How do you do that? Well, you have to go to the authority source. What is the authority? What's the source of authority for your life? What is it? It's the Holy Scriptures. It's the tradition of the church. And it's the lives of the saints. That's your authority. That's where you go. When I got a question about my faith, that's where I go. Because that's, that's, where, that's, that's, what we, uh, that's where our faith is. That's where it lies. A couple things about dealing with them. The first thing is just to be mindful and remember that they are not on par with God in any form or fashion. Right out of the chute again, we've got a misconception about demons today. Why is that? About their power. Why do we do that? Well, we don't look at this source, our source of authority. That's why. We don't look so much at the scriptures, the tradition of the church, and the lives of the saints. What do we do? Well, a lot of times our source of authority is Hollywood. Hollywood. You know, in, in the world of entertainment, and that's what Hollywood is, what sells? Fear, does fear sell? We like to be scared, horror. 
you know, sort of drastic type. We like to be scared out of our, out of our wits kind of thing. That sells. There's not a lot of market for virtues today. You don't, you don't find a lot of market for that, like acting wisely. You don't see that, do you? But uh, the other one, yeah, that's true. And that's what we have a tendency to do. Tendency to do. That's why they make it the scarier the better. And what happens is our misconception uh, begins to erupt, and it's like, well, man, they can do all kinds of things. They're powerful, aren't they? Not true. Not to the extent that we see in Hollywood. See, the next thing you have to remember is that demons are not God. They're not like God in any form or fashion. They're not as powerful as God. Only God is powerful, all-powerful. Uh, they're not, not all-knowing like God is. You see that in the scripture. Demons can't predict the future. Demons can't know your thoughts, but God surely can, can't they? You don't find any scriptural uh, teaching on that, that they can do that, but you sure find scriptural teaching that God can do it. Um, you know, another one is they can't be everywhere at once. Like God, only God can do that. Scriptures teach us that, don't they? Um, this is probably the greatest misconception about demons right here. <clears throat> I think it is. Uh, we tend to think that Satan is this great, great spirit that can be in all places at all times. It's not true. He is a spirit, but he's also confined to boundaries. And it says that he roams from one place to the next. He's not all places. The only, pl only one like that's God. Now, God can do that. Satan can't do that. One place at one time. So what that means is that there's a lot of demons out there, a lot of fallen angels, and we know that. I mean, if you, if you look in the book of Revelation, it says a third of the angels in heaven fell. You know how many thousands of angels that is? But we don't have to be afraid because we don't worship them. We worship God, who's all-knowing, all-powerful, and is all-everywhere. Third thing is don't dabble in the occult. This is really important today. The occult deals with spiritual reality, the, the spiritual dimension. You don't want to go into a spiritual dimension try to navigate it by yourself. What it does is it puts you in their court in certain types of situations. It makes you more vulnerable to uh, them and what they do. Don't do that. You know, some of the ways that we do that, reading books, watching movies about the occult, a lot of people today actually participate in witchcraft, Wicca, uh, New Age beliefs. See, that's all spirit stuff, see? That's spirit stuff is what it is. Tarot cards, we do, oh, that's silly. You don't believe that, do you? You better believe I believe it. Jesus believed it, I believe it. Don't dabble in it. The fourth thing is to rely heavily on the graces of the church. I like this one. Now you go back to today's story. How did Jesus fight Satan? Satan tempted him three times, didn't he? And he beat him off three times. How did he do it? The authority of God's word. That's how he did it. 
Every time Satan would tempt him, Jesus would come back with something out of the scripture. You know what he had to do? He couldn't do nothing. I mean, ultimately he gave up. He said, I ain't winning with this guy. I'm just going to quit. He goes off and he says, I'll wait till a more opportune time. That's what he does. And that's exactly what he does. Which one would that be? Well, that would be in the Passion, which we get ready to celebrate here. See, you got to remember, we have to rely heavily on the graces of the church. That's why they're here. That's what they're about, the graces of the church. For example, the sacraments, like the sacrament of the Eucharist, like the sacrament of reconciliation, prayer, community. I mean, all these things that are wrapped up in the church, they're graces that have been given to us by God in order to grow strongly in our faith. Now, you probably think this is silly too, but read it in Scripture. You can fall outside the grace of the church. And when you do, it's not a good place to be. It's really not. Paul Paul's talks about it. Uh, it's not a good place to See, there's grace here. That's why the church is so important. It gives you the grace to grow in your faith and to uh, protect you and watch over you from these things that tend to tear you down. Final thing is look to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's why we call the Holy Spirit holy. Because there's an evil spirit out there. Oh, I like the Holy Spirit, though. You know, but when we receive the Holy Spirit, like at baptism, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and possess us like a demon does. It comes in and it empowers us is what it does. Here's something to remember about the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of God, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? And so what you have to remember that the Spirit of God that empowers you and that enables you is millions of miles ahead of the power of demons. Many, many, there's no comparison, actually. Which one would you rather have in you? Well, I know which one I'd want. I'd want the Holy Spirit. Well, that's God's Spirit. And God's greater. What did Jesus say? He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that powerful? Greater is the Holy Spirit that is in you than he, Satan, that is in the world. Well, the reality is there are many ways. We have to, we have to lay aside all the misconceptions and, and, we, uh, and we give so much power to these entities today. That's not real. What we have to do is to apply our faith. Our faith is so practical. It's so real. It's so wonderful. We need to apply it and live it. God bless all of you.